day that the Lord has made and we are rejoicing in it. So this day we're going to do something I have never done in 40 some years of ministry. That's going to paint while I preach. So uh, please hang on. Uh, we're not doing anything out of, well, a little bit out of the ordinary, but it's quite biblical. So uh, for those of you sitting in the very back, I would encourage you to move forward uh, because it'll be easier to see the painting part. Uh, so if you could, if you want to do that, feel free. If not, no problem. And this is Tobin Springs here, and uh, he is a very good friend. He and David Mayhew that I've been meeting with now for six years. Every Friday morning we have discipleship time. And uh, last week you got to see David uh, be into the Word and expositing the Word. That both We're going through the book of Revelation uh, now in chapter 19. So today I'm wanting to give you all uh, kind of a model of this is one way that discipleship can be done. There are, very, there are many, many ways. It really doesn't matter what way we're doing it just so we're doing it. And that's a big idea. Because that's what Matthew 28 is all about, discipling others and passing the baton on down to the next generation to the best of our ability. So this morning, uh, we're going to be in Joshua chapter uh, 21. And let's just hop over there. Oh, sorry. Got to turn it on first. It works better. Okay. There we go. So we are in, going to be in Joshua chapter 21, and Tobin is going to be uh, drawing and painting the context, the text of what we'll be uh, going through. So if, if, even if you're over there, if you all can see better in the middle, fine, do it, whatever. It's not going to be bother me if you move, so forth. But uh, it may be a bit distracting. I'm, I don't think it's going to bother me for sure. Well, I'm just going to go on through my message while he does his thing over here. And he's going to do his thing over there, and I'm going to do mine here. If we can just put it together, and we'll see what it turns out uh, to be at the very end here. So Joshua chapter 21 has a background, which uh, a few weeks ago, uh, Doug, uh, Pastor Doug, who will be coming to be our interim pastor, he gave a very good background survey and if you remember the very first day first time 20 weeks ago uh, when we started Joshua I did an overview of Joshua and gave a gave us all an outline of the overview of Joshua and did something on the covenants because as we look at Joshua we can't get away from the covenants that God gave he got gave three primary covenants in the Old Testament the first is the Abrahamic covenant here an Abrahamic covenant has three things. It emphasizes three things, land, seed, and blessing. So when you think of Abrahamic covenant, given in Genesis 12 there, 15 and 17, think three things. Land, he's given the Jews land, he's given the Jews seed, which means offspring, many, many people, but in particular one person who will be Jesus, Galatians talked about that, and then blessing, and the blessing goes primarily to the Jewish people, but in that, the context of this Abrahamic covenant, it's a blessing to all people, us Gentiles included. So it's going to, today we're going to be participating and talking about the blessing part of it. Today, as uh, Tobin paints up here, that we're going to see the land of 
Palestine, the land of Canaan, is on this picture, and that's what this the land was uh, given. In fact, this small piece of land is not does not include actually the whole land that the Abrahamic covenant gave. The Abrahamic covenant is up here behind me. It covers from the Nile River all the way to the Euphrates River and kind of cut across there to the Mediterranean. So it's huge. It's just a huge piece of property which the Jews today are not in the land, so to speak, that God has promised even this small portion of land here. But one day uh, the Jews will get it in the second, after the, uh, Jesus comes back for the second time. Now, as we get into the book of Joshua here, then it's an easy breakdown of entering the land, Joshua chapter 1 through 5. We saw him, you know, go up. Moses died in, in the, on the mountain. He overlooked, could not get into the land because he'd sinned. He struck the rock, remember about that? And then he died there. Joshua took the people in the land. As soon as they got across the Jordan River, they stopped and built a huge pile of rocks. And Kevin, Elder Kevin, he talked some about that, leaving a memorial there. And then they started Jericho. They they fought Jericho. The walls came tumbling and down. They went to I, I Achan, I my Achan back. I beat them to the, right there. Many died. They sinned at that point. They retreated, repented, and went on down. And they fought in the south. They fought in the center of the land. And then they fought the north. That took about seven to eight years to get all of that done. It was all conquered. Six through twelve is that conquering. Then now uh, it has been given in our text, and we've seen all of that. Last week, David did the, he divided it up with the six uh, Levitical cities where they could run to uh, if somebody killed someone accidentally. And today, we're going to finish up the uh, aspect of giving and dividing the land out to the people because all of the tribes have received their land, but not the Levites haven't received their cities. So there's a little bit of background on this. Today, the big idea of Joshua chapter 21 is this. God gave the Levites, and this is not, not the other tribes, just the Levites, gave them the land of Canaan, uh, land in the land of Canaan. And they didn't get big portions, but they got cities. And why did they get it? They got 48 cities so that they could be a spiritual influence on all of Israel. Up and down from the far north, there's a, the city way up in the far north. Okay, Let's see, what is right there, up there, way up in Kadesh, way down to the far south down here. Altogether, there are 48 cities. And how many pieces of land are in the, the land of Canaan? How many did they divide it into? Twelve. And how many cities, Levite cities, are there? Forty-eight. So how many cities per land, per piece of land? Basically four, right? That's how they divided it up. Now, one piece of Naphtali up in the north, they only got, got three cities, but it kind of worked out that way. Now, Levi, we're gonna, right now we're going to go a little bit of background on who Levi is. Jacob had 12 sons, right? Joseph, we know about Joseph. He went down to Egypt. Well, Levi was the third son in the line of the 12. And he was born, and then this is important, this next part, that... Levi had three sons. Gershon, he's the oldest guy. Then Kohath is in the middle. And then we have Marii. So we have three sons. It's going to be super important. In fact, if you have your bulletin and there's a piece, of, there's an insert of a map in there, 
Look at the different colors in that map. The different colors of that map, the three basic colors, and it talks about Kohathites, you know, about Gershonites, which is from uh, Gershon, and then the Marites. Those are the three sons, and they divided up the Levi Levitical cities in those three, according to those three sons there. And then Kohath at Amram, which we hear li very little bit, but we know his sons are super famous, Aaron and Moses. We know about Aaron and Moses, not so much about Amram. And then, you notice then Aaron comes down from him is going to be Eleazar. So, right now, if you have your Bible, turn, you know, be in chapter 21, verses 1 through 3. Now the family heads of the Levites approached who? Eleazar. Who is Eleazar? He's a son of Aaron, who is the son of Amran, who's the son of Kohath, who's the son of Levite. So it follows up there, and that, that's why it's here. And actually, he's like the, the head priest, the high priest right now uh, at this point in time. And then, the, then it says, and to Joshua, the son of Nun. Now we know about Joshua because he's the military guy, the political guy. First the, the religious person, and then the, the military guy, and then the heads of the other tribal families, the other 12 tribes that, that were there who represented these 12 pieces of property. Verse 2, and they met, or they met at Shiloh in Canaan and said, so Shiloh, again, Shiloh should be right in, right in about in there. So that's where they moved from Gilgal. They moved to Shiloh. They had already been there for a period of time. Then the Lord commanded through Moses that you give us towns. Now these are the three, right here, the family heads of the Levites. That means the three guys of uh, Gershon, Koath, and Mary, the three heads came to talk, and now they're saying, we've come, we're looking for the towns, we want to get our town allotment, because we haven't been given it yet, verse 2, to live in and with pasture lands, which is interesting that they had the pasture lands for our own livestock, because the Levites had some of their own, they raised their own cattle and so forth, but they were given, a par given, given different types of animals when the uh, worship was at at the tabernacle and the temple. Verse 3, so as the Lord had commanded, the Israelites gave the Levites the following towns and pasture lands out of all the inheritance. So we see now the Israelites are giving the land, giving the cities to the Levites. If we remember, the tabernacle went for 40 years round and round in the desert. Every time the tabernacle would move, then the closest thing to the Ark of the Covenant, which is in the very, oh, where it is, right up here, sorry. Right up here in this very center tabernacle, there's Levites on the north, Levites on the uh, west, Levites on the, the east, Levites on the south. They surrounded the tabernacle. Why do you suppose that is? Tabernacle is kind of where God dwelt, the most holy place in the Israelite camp. The Levites, not the other tribes, they surrounded it because they're the spiritual leaders. And from that, now on, we're going to see clearly that they're spiritual leaders of, uh, the tribe, of all the tribes of Israel. So now we see here of the Gershon, of the Gershonites. Now, if we look here in our uh, text, we're going to see these three different uh, sons that come out. So if we turn over to chapter, I mean, verse 4, the first lot came out uh, for the uh, Kohathites, clan by clan. The Levites were descendants of Aaron, the priests were allotment, 13,000 tribes from the 
tribes of Judah, Simeon, and Benjamin. So we're going to think about, okay, the three sons of Levite, they're going to get their cities now. And they begin to delineate that at this point. Gershon, the oldest guy, he's the clan. He, he, he was there. And what he did in, this te- in the temple area, in the tabernacle, he carried kind of the light structure things. So like all of the musical instruments, that kind of thing, maybe the labor outside, uh, they carried those things as they marched around. And then the next guy here is, is uh, Kohath. And Kohath, he and all of his people, they carried the Ark of the Covenant, things in the Holy of Holies, the, the uh, curtain that went across, the showbread, the, the candelabra, and so forth like that. They were the ones, because as we notice, Kohath, they are the ones that actually get the very center part of being the priests, the very holiest, uh, I, we could say maybe of the three different types of, of uh, people, of the uh, sons of Levi. Now, Mariates are the last ones, and they get the hardest job. They're the youngest. I don't know why they get the bad stick, but they have to carry all the heavy lumber, the heavy round uh, poles, and the heavy things in the curtains that are made out of the, the different types of hair and, and cloth. They had to carry that. So they divided the tabernacle up to carry it when they moved around in the, in the uh, wilderness. So that's kind of the background with those guys. Now, as we go into the text here, we're going to see verses 4 through 7 here, uh, what is going to happen to the people with the Levites. The Levites, and we, we kind of ask ourselves, why did the Levites get this job? Why didn't the oldest Reuben get the job? Well, we know Reuben, he sinned, and so he, he got his first, he, he, he didn't really respect his birthright, so he got put out, put out right away. But Levite, He's the third in the, in the in line. And so way back in Exodus 30, 30 says, You shall anoint Aaron and his sons, which they are the, part of the Levites. Anoint them, and they're going to be my priests. Exodus 30 is a long time before this, 20 or 30 years previous to this time of, of dividing the cities up. Numbers 18.20 is another time it talks about giving the, the Levites a place in the land to serve the Lord Without getting big pieces of land, they would be in cities. Numbers 18, 20. So that's a little bit closer, maybe 15 to 20 years uh, previous. What's happening is like these are actually kind of prophecies. It hadn't come to, come to pass yet. Exodus 30, 30, Numbers 18. This hadn't, the Levites weren't in that position yet. They weren't even in the land to get the land yet or to get their cities. So this is previous. It's kind of interesting how God has almost prophesied this to happen. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 10.9 says something very similar, and it's very close. It's just a few years right just before Moses died and they went into the land. Joshua 13.33 also speaks of this, about but under the tribe of Levi, Moses gave not only inherent, not any inheritance, they didn't get any land, but the Lord God Israel is their inherent. So super special why the Levites got this because God promised it previous to this portion of actually giving the cities to them. They got 48 cities. They got land with a big pasture land outside of each city that they could feed their cattle and things on. Now, here is a very unique passage of Scripture 
that most of us don't even think about or look at. In Leviticus chapter 25, verses 32, 33, and 34, God used this way, way before uh, the dividing of the cities to the, to the Levites. It says, as for the cities of the Levites. Now remember, when Moses is saying that, there's, they're not in the land. The, no one had gotten portions of their land, let alone the Levites getting cities. So this is Moses, years beforehand, saying this statement. As for the cities of the Levites, he already knew that the Levites would get cities one day. Which is interesting. How did he know they would get cities and not a piece of the land? That's interesting. Then they'll have a permanent right because this in the year of Jubilee and in the year of Jubilee all the pieces of land go back to everyone including the Levites. So they had houses for their cities and this would, again 33 says houses for their cities. The year of Jubilee would have to go back to the Levites. It's all kind of worked out. It's kind of like prophecy almost happening way before the actual event. And this one, the verse 34, talks about the pasture lands. So when they go in, our text right here in 21.3 says, give them their towns or their cities and pasture lands. Leviticus 25 says this way beforehand that they will get cities and then they're going to get the pasture lands as well. And it's perpetual. It's going to be the Levites forever and ever uh, type of thing they're going to have. Now this is something that many of us probably have never thought about really, but if you remember, there's a background here for Levi. Levi lost his allotment of the 12 pieces of land. Levi didn't get one, even though he's the third son. He should have got one, but he didn't because his sister, Dinah, was raped by a guy named Shechem in the, what later to come to be Shechem, I think it's uh, it's right, right there. Check him right there. So Dinah was there. And that's Levi's sister. Check him raped her, and he didn't do a thing about it. The other brothers didn't do a thing about it. So Levi got upset about that, and he thought of, he and Simeon they thought of this great idea. Let's make a treaty with the Shechemites or the people that, that live there in Shechem, that if you agree to have circumcision for all your men, then we'll agree to have a sw swap. Our daughters can marry your sons, and your sons can, vice versa. They can cross-marry. Everybody thought that was a great idea. The treaty was made. Three days later, Levi and Simeon went in and killed all every male in Shechem, every one of them. Now, that happened in, Josh, uh, in uh, Genesis 34, long, long time ago. Remember, long time ago hundreds of years beforehand. Now, Genesis 49, when Jacob, old Jacob's about ready to die, the father of Levi, when he's about ready to die, he's giving blessing to all of his children, including pretty soon jo Joseph is going to go like this, remember? His two, Ephraim and Manasseh, he's going to, not the right hand on Ephraim, but he crosses his hand to bless him. In this blessing time, he gives a blessing, quote-unquote a blessing to Simeon, and Levi, and he says, Simeon and Levi are brothers, weapons of violence, and their swords. Then there's some more, and then it says, the ending, I will divide them in Jacob and scatter them in Israel. It's like a prophecy. It's actually like a curse. This, quote-unquote, blessing of Jacob turned out to say, the emphasis in that, Simeon's going to get one little bitty piece of land down to surrounded by, by Judah. 
and Levi's not going to get one piece of land in there. That's what happened to him because they did this very tricky, wily thing that was very evil, bad. So that was bad what Levi did there. But the next thing, we see years have gone by. Now Moses is, is uh, come, taking him out of the uh, land of Egypt, and he's up on the, uh, on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments. And what is Aaron doing down in the camp? He's building a golden calf that just all of a sudden turned up, right? Who's involved in it? Aaron. Yes. Who's Aaron the descendant of? Levi. Okay, so all of this mixes. So Moses comes down from the mountain. He is mad as could be. He's just fiery. He says, this cannot be. God is holy. Great. Thanks for the songs this morning about the holiness of God. Because God is holy. He cannot bear anything like that. And Moses said... This has to stop right now. Who's going to help me? Who's going to go out and set this right about justice? Who stood up immediately? Levi. Not Levi himself. He's gone. But the Levites, the clan, stood up. They went out that day, slaughtered 3,000 of their fellow Jews for, for worshiping that golden calf. It was serious business. Well, because of the Levi's clan doing that, he gets a blessing now. He's, he gets set apart. That, that means a, the idea of holiness, to being set apart. Previously, he's not going to get a piece of the land because he did something seriously bad. Now, because he did something really well and stood up for God and his holiness, justice, he is going to get a piece of the land, but he's going to get more than that. He is now going to become the set-apart tribe to worship God and to lead all the people of Israel in worshiping God. He's the guy. The Levites are going to receive that. In the Old Testament, when the Jews were getting ready to escape from Pharaoh, the very last plague, the death angel came over and he would slaughter every one of what? In Egypt. Everyone, the firstborn, everyone who was firstborn would, be, would die when the death angel moved over. Well, the Jewish people put the blood of the lamb up on the lintel, up here, over here, and over here like a cross. Okay, they're covered by the blood. Poor Pharaoh didn't do that. His son died that night, the firstborn. The firstborn of Egypt, of the Jewish people, went into the land, so forth. Guess what? Levites are going to take the place of this firstborn. Because the firstborn was dedicated to God of the Jewish people. All the firstborn. So I have four boys, my firstborn. If it would still be under the Old Testament law, my boy Stephen, he would be dedicated to serve God in some like priesthood or something like that. But right here with Levi, at this point in time, that rule, that law, was what they were doing previously, now for a number of years, was going to switch from the firstborn, from every one of the, the Jewish people, now it's the, the Levites are going to take the firstborn place. No longer would every individual family give their firstborn, but it would be the Levites take that place. So it's very interesting how Levi just gradually came to be the priesthood and had this set-apart position to represent God in the tabernacle and in the temple uh, actually there. This one, for those of you who like eschatology and latter things, in the future, in the millennium, 
there's going to be a temple. Ezekiel talks about that. And who's going to serve in the temple? Zadok, everyone who's, who's the lineage of Zadok, which is from Aaron, which is the Levitical priest. He's, they're going to be serving there. We don't know who they are right now. It would be very hard to find, I think. But when the time comes, it's going to be there. God selected this special tribe, this boy, Levi, and developed a huge clan. The clan was divided into three parts. Gershonites, Kohathites, and the Marathites. That's what they had right there. So as we come to 4 through uh, 7 here, if you have your Bibles, you can see really quite easily from, from verse 4 all the way to verse 41, it's like, oh my goodness, all these names and all these places and how, how long this and how long that and all these different names. But don't let it bother you. It's very easy to divide. Here it is. It's really very easy to, to divide out. It's divided into three sections. In my Bible here, I did it very easily. If you have a, the NIV New Testament study Bible, it's super easy to see. And your other Bibles too. Now, I, I know you can't see this. Sorry. Right there at verse 7, it's going to have, I have an A right there. That's about the Kohathites. So division 1, Kohathites. Bounce over here, chapter, or verse 27, B. Now this, all that further section is going to be about the, the, the other guy, the uh, Gershonites. And then up here, uh, C, it's going to, at uh, the very top up here, it's going to be about the Marathites. Super easy. Verses 4 and 5 talk about the Kohathites, their division of the land. Right there, and they get nine cities, Simeon and Judah get nine cities, Benjamin four, Ephraim four, da, da, da. And then it goes down verse five, and in verse six, it jumps into the second division, the Gershonites right in the middle here. The Gershonites, they have half a tribe of Manasseh, Issachar, Asher, Naphtali. They get those cities. And then verse seven goes to Marii, the Marathots get it. So it's very easily, as you look at the text, don't let the text kind of bother you and so much information there it divides up very easily and you can separate it very easily so in your little handout that uh, that you have in your hands there this is a picture of it the darker parts and the lower part and this part right here have to do with the Kohathites Kohath number two son he got the best piece where's Jerusalem at where's Judah in Jerusalem Right down here. Where did Caleb get his land? Right down here. Very interesting, huh? And then up here is the uh, uh, is another division. This right up on the top. Those three parts or four parts, they got it. And then over on the uh, east side, where the original folks got it, divided the of the three different sons were divided into those areas. So it's pretty easy to see that. Now. Summary, because we're at verse 8. We come down to verse 8 down here. And it just summarizes what happened in verses 1 through, through 7. It's pretty easy to see. The summary is talks about the Levites. All right? And that's, that's the cities are divided among the, the Levites here. So verse 8 says, So the Israelites allotted to the Levites these towns and their pastures. Remember, prophecy way, time, way, way before promised them a piece of land right around each city. They got the cities there, just as the Lord commanded them. So 
There is the summary for the Levites. Very easy. Now, if you flip to the very end of this chapter, verse 43, we'll see it goes to the, the Israelites in general, the other 12 tribes. So the Lord gave Israel, uh, right here, so the Lord gave Israel all the land. So Israel means, okay, all of this, all of this whole area, what he's painting on. Maybe he's painting that far south that's getting near Egypt. That's a, where he's painting down there is probably where they're, they're roaming for 40 years in the desert is where Tobin is painting right now, probably in that area. So gave the Israelites all that they had sworn to give to their forefathers, and they, the Israelites, took possession of the land, and they settled there. That is exactly what happened. They conquered the land, and they divided the land, and now they're beginning to settle in the, the land, and they've actually divided the cities in those lands. Verse 44, now this is the important one, verse 44 coming up right here, that God gave the Israelites rest. Notice this word in verse 44. The Lord gave them, that's the Israelites, all the Jewish people, rest on every side. No more wars. Just had he has sworn to their forefathers. Did he swear that to her forefathers? Yes. Many years before he said, you Israelites, through the Abrahamic covenant, I'm giving you this whole land is yours. And now with Joshua, sure enough, they have it. All the land's been divided. Actually, now all the 48 cities have been divided out. It's all there. It's all done. The Abrahamic covenant is actually fulfilled. That part of the land to them, they have it. And now they have rest on every side. Very important word. Not one of their enemies withstood them. The Lord handed all the enemies over to them. Then 45. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to the house of Israel failed. Every one of them was fulfilled. Super important thing that God did for the Israelite people. God promised them the land. God gave them the land. They actually went into the land. They settled into the land. They were divided into the land. How long is that land? How many years does that land belong to the Israelites? Forever. To this day, that piece of land, actually a larger piece of land, belongs to the Israel, the Jewish people. Now, why are they not staying in the land? Why didn't they stay in the land? It was theirs. God gave them victory. It was all divided out. It was theirs. What was the problem? They didn't walk by faith, right? They disobeyed. As soon as Joshua was gone, they went haywire. They started sinning. Seven judgments of, of Joshua, I mean, judges going round and round. They never learned. Disobedience. The land was there. It was all theirs. All they had to do is stay in fellowship with God and they could enjoy it. Our thing today, we have been saved. Our salvation is secure and free. We're going to heaven, no doubt about it. Issue is not are we going to heaven. Issue is are we enjoying right now what we have in Christ? Are we enjoying that faith rest life right now? Are we walking by faith, conquering everything, doing, experiencing all these things that the Jewish people really could have and actually doubt to this day they could totally be living in that land if they would have walked by faith. But they did not. Big spiritual 
lesson for us. We got to be careful. This ain't nothing to fool around about, folks. <laughs> we want to walk with God very closely and walk by faith. Some of the things we, we've learned about, well, last week, the sovereignty of God is over all things. That's great. David did a good job bringing that out. Faithfulness of God in fulfilling all of his good promises to the Jewish people, it totally happened. Totally happened. And then the Levites get to minister in the temple and the tabernacle. That's their deal. They got to do that huge privilege and represent God to the people, people to God. Now, how's the application to you and me to this day? Today, each believer, we're called priests. Some of you may have come out of the Roman Catholic Church and you went to Mass and you'd have a priest there who should not be married, basically. Maybe they're a little lax, more lax now, but fundamentally, the priests are dedicated to God, some of the nuns as well, but particularly the priests. They were called priests because it's based on these the Levite priesthood. That's where they get this image from and the language from. When Jesus died on the cross and he was resurrected, he went to heaven, he rent that big curtain in two, he just pulled it apart, got into the holy of holy places where God, so to speak, resided, but the Shekinah glory would come over and a fire at night and cloud by day represent right over the Ark of the Covenant, which is this thing right down here, that that's where God dwelt in the temple as well as the tabernacle. If he could dwell in a place, that's where his presence was. Priests represented God in the naos or the holy of holies in the temple area or the tabernacle area. Today, you and me, we are believer priests. This is the word that is used right here, 1 Peter chapter 2, 5, and especially 2, 9. Brothers and sisters, if you haven't memorized this one, it's one of our fundamental, almost one of the fundamentals of our faith at, the, at our church is a priesthood of the believer. And as priest of all believers, every born-again person, no matter if they're 8 years old or 80-some years old, every person who's born again is a priest. And we now serve in place of Levites. There's no longer the need for Levite, actual Levite, according to the Old Testament ways. Today in the church, we now replace them. We are the, we are the Levites of our day. We're priests. We're believer priests. And we represent him. Here in, verse, in Revelation chapter 5, verse 10, one day in the future... We're going to be in the millennium, and we're going to be there, and all of us are going to be there. And you, it says, and you, God, made, that, that's a, a thing that happened in the past tense, it's, it's all said and done, made them with believers into a kingdom. We are growing into a, a large kingdom. One day we'll actually experience that physically. And priests, that word priest is herus, which is the same word they use in the Old Testament, New Testament, exact same word for the Levites. We are priests to our God, and then these priests will reign upon the earth. So one day, we, no matter who we are, if we believe in Jesus, we're going to be priests there. Evangelion be a priest, Hannah will be a priest, whoever believes in Jesus out here will be a priest. We are a priest right now, and one day we're going to experience that together 
in the millennium time. Every believer is a priest. Now this is what's also very important. 1 Corinthians 6 tells us that clearly. 1 Corinthians 3 tells us you, every one of us meeting in this building. The building isn't the house of God, per se. The building isn't this naos, the holy of holies. You and me, we are still, as a corporate group, we are the naos. We're the holy of holies right now, meeting right together. When we divide and go out, then we'll go back to individual. But when we gather together, we are that, that holy of holies where God's presence dwells and God does many, many things in it. We've all memorized Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'm sure the vast majority of us have mem memorized this scripture. Therefore, I urge you, come on with me. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. The word for service is a Levitical term. Levites use it. You just do this latreia, this Greek word, you do latreia in the church. It's, there's another word, diakonos, de deacon. We have deacons around here to minister. It's a different, totally different word, different idea. This word has to do with holy worship. As a Levitical priesthood would do this kind of worship, we today are these kind of guys. We're the priests. We do this spiritual service of worship right now, whatever we do. Particularly when we're gathered together, we worship like this, and when we're scattered, we do the same thing. Brothers and sisters, we have this great opportunity to continue to serve him day by day, wherever we're at. Now, Tobin, you want to grab your microphone over here, and please explain a little bit about what you have on the map here. First of all, thank you for giving me the opportunity. Paul had this idea. It's like, yeah, it's really exciting. So thank you, Grace Point. Uh, I wanted to tell you that in these times, you know, I'm thinking of Pastor Gary passing. It's like I just find myself loving this church uh, more and more, Grace Point. So this is such an opportunity to be able to do something like this. I, Paul, Paul had the idea and asked if I'd be interested. I'm like, yes, this would be great. So the idea here is that uh, based in Joshua chapter 21, these Levitical cities, uh, these cities given to the Levites are done in red, if you can see them, and then I muted them with white. And then uh, I knew I wanted something more than it just being a map. So then I put uh, kind of the Ark of the Covenant down at the bottom because the Levites were responsible for bringing that spiritual um, worship to God, like the Holy of Holies, where the Ark of the Covenant was. So that that's just the idea behind the art behind it, you guys. Uh, I'm donating this to Grace Point, so now uh, the leaders get to decide what they want to do with an eight-foot by four-foot board now. So it's kind of funny. Uh, and I'm probably actually going to dedicate it to Pastor Gary in memory of him, because um, Joshua is going to be never the same again for me. Uh, because we were in Joshua, and, you know, Pastor Gary went to be with the Lord in heaven. So this is, anyway, now, now you guys, now, now you guys have a 
big uh, board painting. So <laughs> anyway, I can uh, I can keep working on it, but I'm I'll sign it. I might add a little bit of highlights to it. Yeah. Uh, now, where is the Ark of the Covenant? Where was it in the in the tabernacle? Well, I thought that it was in the the centermost holy of holy part. Uh, your chart up there. Uh, right. And it, you know, this is where the this the, the thing high called Naos, the the very inner be inner center sanctuary there. And that's why some people call this a sanctuary. That comes from this type of terminology, the Levitical priests worshiping and. Like if we went in, if this was the temple, this would kind of be the outer courtyard. We come in here, this is the inner sanctuary. But we come up here, and this part right here would have a big curtain on it. And inside here, we'd have the Ark of the Covenant. And then there's the, a couple other things, the showbread in there, so forth. But that's oh, the high priest who's got to come from Koath, right? Got the high priest in the future... Eleazar, Phineas, Zadok has got to come from Kohath, the spiritual guy, and he goes into the Holy of Holies one time a year, right? And what do they do with him? What's today kind of out? They tie a rope around his leg in case he dies in there. He's struck dead because he went in with sin. He didn't cleanse himself. He didn't cleanse the people. He dies right in there when they pull him out because that's a sacred, sacred part. So when I was growing up, my parents got on me big time. If I'd run up around the front of the sur where the baptismal thing was, if I'd be messed, oh, my, my dad would get on me like crazy because that's a holy of holies almost. You go into some churches, maybe in this town, it's kind of built on that, that, that kind of a model. So that's where the, whole, the uh, Ark of the Covenant resides. Okay. Thank you, brother. So, this morning, we've had quite the morning. Uh, we will check on our sister as soon as we can. Um, Aaron, did, did you hear anything about, or, or Megan, did you hear anything about what's going on? So, okay for right now? Okay, great. Thanks so much for your help, y'all. Um, coming, this is, this is what we're about. We're a family, and I hope we're a caring family. And I want, as we all do, this is a safe family. Uh, we can express ourselves in various ways and do various things. It's a safe place to be, a safe place to grow, and help us to grow with fervor and passion to love Jesus and if need be, we stop everything, minister to our sister, whoever is need, and hopefully we've done it respectfully and well, caring with much care, and we'll follow up to see how she's doing here in a few minutes. So, Lord bless each one of you. We're not quite finished yet, but I want to close in a word of prayer while you all come up to uh, lead us in the final song here. Heavenly Father, we humbly come before you. In fact, a little bit, our knees are shaking a little bit because today we learned about the Levit Levitical priests and the holy position they had. They represented we, with the people. That's why you scattered them out all over Israel so that they could bring the spiritual message of you. They could represent you there. They could teach 
about you there. Not everybody could go to Jerusalem, worship in the temple and so forth. Thank you for that plan because you want us to worship you wherever we may be. And you want us to worship always. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us at Grace Point to be loving worshipers. Help us to be loving, faithful priests who minister to you, minister to one another. Lord Jesus, bless us, lead and guide us, and we do ask for your blessing upon each of us and our dear, dear Alice. May you bless her and help her in her time of need. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I've got a benediction, and as Gary told us many times, it is a promise from God. This comes from Colossians 3. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in words or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul. Cool.